0: Lot of B two B SaaS companies where they have realized that if my time to value is not on track, then all my other metrics, NPS adoption, retention are all at risk.
1: Welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and whats that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement.
2: Hey, greetings, everybody. This is Adil from Engage Podcast. I have my co-host, Taylor Kennersen, a very special guest, Rupesh. Uh, he's the CEO and founder of says. They've been in this space for about three years now, and it is a uh, pretty seamless onboarding experience platform. We'd love to explore more today. Thank you very much, Rupesh, for taking the time. Thanks, Adil uh, and problem. Taylor.
0: Excited to be here and, yeah, looking forward
2: to our conversation. Great. Awesome. So, Rupesh, uh, working... Uh, more on the on the corporate side starting off as a you know as a career um, more towards account management and then you know you had some you know some local businesses that are uh, on a pretty uh, pretty doing at the scale uh back in the uh, back in india that's pretty interesting you know I, I still remember it was kind of evolving the tech in bangalore at that point when you uh, kind of jumped in. So I would love for you to just go ahead and share your story from the initial days and how it all adds up uh, you know, to what you, are, what you are today at, at Cognizant.
0: So, so yeah, I started Cognizant in January 2020. So it's been three years now. And uh, before that, I spent about two decades in the industry. Um, I did my undergrad in India. Then uh, early part of my career was in the U.S. Uh, went to US in just around the um, 2000 uh, year and did my masters from Texas Tech and worked in the US for large corporates like Nortel Networks uh, and Microsoft in Seattle as a software engineer and then moved back to India worked in another under startup uh, in telecom space which eventually got acquired by Cisco um, and after having done the coding for about eight years got tired up doing coding so wanted to switch careers to more. Uh, business side of things. Um, So I went to UK, uh, did an MBA, and then spent about eight years in London, working with several enterprise mid-market customers in different geographies, spanning North America, Europe, Middle East, APAC, and Africa. And so yeah, I had a great experience um, in different parts of the customer journey from hunting, farming, uh, implementation, customer success, product, uh, and so on. So had the chance to sort of See the full customer life cycle um, uh, and then the last few years i found my sweet spot in customer success which is now sort of the first class citizen in any b2b SaaS uh, company so yeah in my last role i was um, heading customer success uh, as a chief customer officer in an enterprise SaaS company which was into agri-tech space and that's when i found the problem that we are solving in cognizance now um, so it was around the whole customer onboarding, implementation, how to streamline it. Uh, We had all kinds of silos in the company. And I've seen this problem in multiple roles earlier as well in my earlier organizations as well. So um, this is where I found my kind of passion to go deeper into the problem space, Um, looked at the current tools in the market, um, the current CS tools, the project management tools, um, nothing quite came close to the solution I had in my head. And then I spoke to sort of, 40, 50 CS leaders from different B2B SaaS companies in US, UK, and India. And everybody kind of had the similar, clear pattern of the same challenges. Um, So that's when I decided to
2: quit and yeah, started building Cognizance. I have one question uh, before Taylor, uh, you go on. You know, I've seen you're more, even now at Cognizance, you are more geared towards turbine enterprise. Uh, I know that it's, it's a big enough case in a lot of uh, you know, early stage enterprise businesses that have very complex onboarding experiences when it comes to cybersecurity, when it comes to uh, construction management in that space, these, these are their technologies that need like technical onboarding and uh, it becomes very complex. Why didn't you guys jump into the SDM with Mark?
0: Yeah. So- the problem statement obviously has different nuances for SMB-focused B2B SaaS companies and enterprise-focused SaaS companies. Uh, We are focusing more on mid-market and enterprise um, uh, for multiple reasons. One, that's my own background. Uh, So that's my sort of founder domain knowledge. So I've always sold more enterprise and mid-market kind of SaaS solutions. Uh, And the complexity is obviously much higher in these um, onboardings. And, um, And the problem that Sort of I had faced earlier in my earlier roles uh, where you know we had different sort of moving parts. Sales would have sold something uh, and they will chuck it over the fence to the implementation team or CS team. And then there are multiple cross-functional teams trying to figure out, okay, what did we commit? Uh, where are we on those commitments? In the next six months of implementation cycle, who needs to do what? Are we stuck because of a product feature in the roadmap? Uh, so there is a product team involvement. Uh, is there a sort sign of sign-off or data pending from the customer side? So there's a customer external dependency and then internal cross-function collaboration. So a lot of moving parts, um, which uh, clearly the tools in the market were not solving very well, and that's why we chose to go after uh, this space. Uh, in my view, the SMB is sort of where it's pretty much straightforward onboarding, just simple task tracking, where existing project management tools can do justice, but the whole enterprise was not really catered to very well, hence we chose this segment.
1: That's awesome. I really want to highlight a really important aspect in your journey, which you mentioned, Rupesh, which is listening to the problems, having those conversations before building. We hear the term, you know, build fast, ship fast, fail fast. But sometimes it's not about, you know, building and shipping fast. You have to uncover the whys, uncover the research, do that research, get the analysis of what's going on. What are your competitors doing? What's in your head and how are you gonna build, you know, something around that idea, but that also serves a value and serves a need for a market, not just an assumed need, which is really critical. So can you tell us a little bit now about Cognisass and maybe what your first MVPs look like and what your first, you know, shipment looked like, and then how that kind of evolved over time? Because as we all know, sometimes where you start is not how the journey, you know, takes you. So can you dive a little bit into that?
0: Yeah, great question, uh, Taylor. So, what you said is right, and again, it depends on what you're building, right? Ship fast and all that is great. Uh, in my view, it works great if you are in an existing category, right? Um, in our case, this was pretty much almost a new category back in 2019, 2020, uh, there were hardly any players. So, so as a founder, I had something in my mind, vision that this is where the market is going to go. Uh, people will need a dedicated onboarding tool. Uh, But frankly, in the early days in 2020, when I go pitch my vision to uh, customers, they will be like, okay, not quite sure whether we need an onboarding tool. I'm already using a project management tool like Microsoft Project or Asana, so why should I? So that was the kind of conversation where it was a lot more evangelizing, letting them understand that the way you are doing currently is the old way. Uh, In the future, um, in terms of your customer success KPIs, uh, these tools are not going to do justice. Um, So that was interesting and that's where I think talking to more companies, although it slowed us down, was very, very important to make sure we are solving the right problem for our ICP and it has to be, as they say, the painkiller, not the vitamin. So going deep into the problem space was very important. That actually helped us to win our early customers and I can quote an example. So one of my very early paying customers Uh, head of customer success in a very large enterprise SaaS company. I was talking to him in my idea stage. uh, And I asked him, okay, what is your challenge? And so he said to me in one line saying, hey, my biggest challenge is we can't deliver projects on time. And this is a company with hundreds of enterprise customers. Uh, They've used all kinds of tools and still, so it's a very simple, but very powerful statement. So that is what our mission is now to to make it like foolproof that you can always deliver projects on time, uh, which again, typically doesn't happen for various reasons because the legacy tools are more about system of record. It tells you who is doing what, but it doesn't tell you, okay, who is doing what, so what? uh, So what should be done to mitigate any risk on timelines or the revenue impact? So that's where Mm -hmm. we are going because ultimately, and our buyer is a CS team or implementation team. And if you look at their KPIs, every B2B SaaS company will have sort of four or five KPIs. right? So they will have an NPS, they will have product adoption, yes. they will have retention, expansion, and customer advocacy. These are all fantastic metrics, uh, but the issue is that these are all lagging indicators. right? Um, mm-hmm. The real leading indicator of customer success starts with the value delivery. And the value delivery starts yes. right from the pre-sale stage. What are you promising to the customer? How are you delivering Mm -hmm. those promises? And uh, if that doesn't doesn't go well, then all these sort of metrics become irrelevant and it's too late to save the Mm -hmm. customer. That's where you have customer churn in a lot of cases. So that is where we believe the existing tools are not designed for solving this, uh, to track value delivery, which involves tracking the outcomes, the collaboration with the product team, engineering team, customer, all in one single platform. So that's how our story kind of Mm -hmm. unfolded. Mm
2: -hmm. Great. And given your background, mostly, most major part of your career is more towards enterprise. So you've been uh, the front runner, serving different, you know, different things to enterprise, having, making sure they're well, uh, you know, you're measuring the success and you are retaining them and expanding them as an uh, account manager. And you might be uh, listening, you know, and living these problems uh, yourself as well before building this product, more on the enterprise segment. So now, when it comes to enterprise motion, the lifetime value of a customer is huge, uh, and uh, you know, SaaS businesses they can afford to have a dedicated uh, bandwidth, uh, you know, team. Maybe customer success manager, account executive, account manager. What is that like? What kind of what kind of formation do you have alongside your team for some of the customers that you have more towards mid market and uh, you know enterprise? how you are measuring success what is that one thing that your customers perceive value for like you talked about value realization that is very important and and that re- directly reflects to the adoption and then ultimately retention and expansion when you, when you talk about the core enterprise cs motion which can be high touch so uh, with your team with your post sales team how you are uh, measuring success how your customers are perceiving value out of the product and how seamless is onboarding for your customer?
0: Okay, great question. So, so typically the way it works out, and obviously we are relatively early stage uh, as a company. So in early stage B2B SaaS, it's the first CSM who will do pretty much everything, right? He will be involved in the pre sale stage doing demos. Uh, he will be doing the solutioning. He will do the implementation. Um, take the customer all the way to the go live stage and then even the post go live, the support, the upsell cross sell, so everything is done by one person or one team. As the company sort of matures, you get more customers, then you start to segregate different teams and that's what you mentioned when you become truly sort of enterprise level, then you have multiple teams doing it, right. So we are sort of in that early stage, we have a very small CS team and who does end-to-end everything and that's also intentional, because we do want them to have the end-to-end experience so that when we scale, then the knowledge and the learnings are there. And in terms of what value our customers are getting, um, it's two, three things, right? First, this time to value uh, is a key sort of board level metric in a lot of B2B SaaS companies where they have realized that if my time to value is not on track, then all my other metrics, NPS, adoption, retention are all at risk, right? So that's one metric we help our customers be on top of. We help them uh, accelerate the time to value for their customers, right? Uh, If your implementation was taking nine months before Cognizance, now with Cognizance, we can bring it down to let's say four months, right? So that's got obviously multiple benefits. You get a high customer delight, you go live faster, your own revenue recognition, you can start earlier. So your CFO is happy, your CEO is happy and all of that. And you minimize your churn risk, right? And a lot of times what happens is that if you have taken nine months to sort of implement, then in the renewal time, the customer will turn back saying, hey, I have used your product only for three months. I'm not quite sure. That's when the churn happens. So, so all of those risks, we get mitigated. So that's sort of the value our customers get working with us. Third thing is, again, we are seeing this in our ICP is that a lot of internal cross functional disconnect right you would have heard this classic problem pretty much every b2b saas company especially the enterprise and mid market focused ones face is this disconnect between sales cs and product right data silos and, and
2: uh, yeah you
0: know. so and so this is very legacy structural problem uh, because sales team works in crm your cs team works in cs tool product team works in product management too, like Jira and so on. So this is all by design, but this is the side effect of by design, these tools made for specific teams that the cross-function collaboration is quote-unquote broken, right? So that is the, another metric we are helping them solve, where they have realized that this cross-function collaboration needs to be fixed, they need to have a common platform to collaborate seamlessly, uh, internally as well as externally, which eventually affects your time to value and value delivery. So these are the three, four things we are helping our customers solve
2: for. Love that. Great. So, you know, and and I'm sure that, you know, we we are just talking about enterprise motion because this becomes even more critical. They have big infrastructure, big team, diverse operations. And when it comes to using a tool like Cognizance, first off, it will be a harder job as compared to SMB or startups uh, to incorporate that tool during the onboarding phase, so how you're, uh, you know, you talked about uh, time to value, uh, to making sure you deliver value the soonest, to be very simple, you know. So how are you doing it at Cognitive Success? What kind of technologies do you have in place for your customers, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, let's say, any, technology, any data metrics that you're, you're keeping yourself on top of, like usage metrics, platform usage metrics. So I would appreciate if you go more specific on this, that how you are measuring success, successfully onboarding, uh, successful onboarding for your customers.
0: Okay, awesome. So so we use our own tool for onboarding of our own customers. So um, so we uh, track how long our customers have taken to see value from our tool. And typically for us, it's less than a week or max two weeks, depending on what is their requirement. So we will typically integrate with their CRM system we will integrate with their product management tool. We will integrate with their ticketing tool and so on. right? Uh, so we have already got a lot of those integrations pre-built. So that doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, so we replace their existing project management tool. So they might be using Microsoft Project or Asana or any other onboarding tools. Um, so we replace that. We help them with seamless migration uh, of data uh, from their current tool to our tool. Uh, and so yeah, that's what we measure. So we. Want to make sure our customers are getting faster time to value from our tools, which we aim to deliver in two weeks.
1: That's awesome. Can you walk us through a little bit, Rupesh, what your onboarding process, what your ideal onboarding process would look like for one of these customers? And then also how you're thinking about, you mentioned scale and growth, and that's obviously the goal. So how you're you're thinking about now being proactive for that scale and that growth that will come in the future? What tactics or strategies or things do you have implementing or thinking about implementing in the future that will help scale your CS operations and really ensure this time to value for the customers that you're onboarding?
0: Sure, no, great question. Um, So we have multiple sort of engagement models. Uh, So for more straightforward um, onboarding requirements, we obviously have a free trial so customers can go sign up and start away, straight away see value from the tool. For more larger enterprise SaaS companies, we obviously have uh, more deeper dive discussions with them to walk through their current business process, uh, the current uh, pain areas. Then we try to connect those process and pain points to how that will be addressed in our tool and then we take their feature requests, obviously we're early stage, so we get tons of feature requests and we kind of prioritize that and then do the necessary integrations and configurations and so on. Um, and yeah, in terms of scaling it, obviously we have to think about our customer needs, their needs keep on evolving. Uh, if they had 50 customers today uh, versus if they had hundred customers in six months later, their needs will evolve and we have to kind of evolve with them so that's our philosophy how we want to scale with our customers we have had customers mm-hmm. who are now sort of managing hundreds of their enterprise customers on our platform so for example we have a customer who is into e-commerce space uh, they work with large sort of consumer brands let's say pizza hut or dominos and these companies when they sell their platform to let's say Pizza Hut. Now Pizza Hut will take their platform and roll out in 28 countries, wherever Pizza Hut is, right? To manage their loyalty and all of that, right? So all those 28 countries roll out, uh, which might take 18 months, right? Because every country will have their own requirement, their own modules, their own feature requests, their own timelines, their own stakeholders, everything. It's almost like 28 projects, right? So um, so all of that now gets managed in Cognizas right, from all the way from contract sign up to the go-live. So that's how we are evolving with our customers and also making sure our platform is becoming more and more uh, robust and scalable. We also invest heavily in things like data security, privacy. So we are already ISO certified uh, from a security and privacy point of view, uh, SOC 2 and all those you know, things that you need to take. So that's how we are evolving with, with our customers.
2: Okay, amazing. So, so now talking about CS operations, uh, Rupesh. Uh, I'm sure that team is small enough now. You're just getting the foot in the door. I know enterprise motion, you may have like so much high touch, not so much hybrid, more of a high touch. You're working pretty much hands-on with, with these enterprise accounts. So how much of this entire CS uh, lifecycle you're trying to automate and make itself, you know that that's a scalable model. Everybody is moving towards you know, product-led growth, community-led growth, making sure that, you know, they do more with less. And, uh, you know, they use these smart systems that can, uh, that can automate some workflows. Uh, so you can, you, your your CS, post-sales operations are more driven towards high value, uh, you know, operations and less towards, uh, you know, uh, these. So what is that process that, when you being a CEO and founder yourself, how you're trying to see it moving, going forward as a scalable model when you only talk about CSOps.
0: Right, so I think the CSOps comes later into the cycle. Uh, once you have got sort of good uh, volume of customers, let's say we're talking about hundreds of customers. So we will obviously go through our own journey, but we, like I mentioned, we want to automate and use our own tool to automate a lot of things internally as well as externally, right? So when we engage with our customers, any feature request that automatically gets logged in Jira, for example, through our Cognizance tool. We track how many customers ask for which feature request, what is the revenue impact, what is the timeline, which typically companies would do otherwise manually in weekly meetings with the sales and product in an Excel tracker. So all of that is already automated for us. Um, And once the customer has gone live, then we track obviously the usage, and then we try to connect it back to the use cases or the outcomes that they had shared with us. So exact same concept that we are giving to our customers, we obviously run it ourselves internally. And that's how we are automating mm-hmm. a lot of things right from the pre-sale stage. So our customers can use our tool mm-hmm. even in the pre-sale stage. So in the pre-sale stage, you have you know solution guy talking to customers, scoping the requirements, technical solutioning, all of that. So all of that can be executed on Cognizance. And then all the way, take it, take that context to the implementation team during the implementation cycle. And then post go live, you can track, okay, where are we on the usage versus what use cases we had in our SW document, rather than looking at the usage from a very raw perspective. So a lot of usage data we get today is very raw, meaning mm-hmm. this user went to this page, he clicked on that button, but that's not really what you want to see as a CSM, right? You want to see- They're not
2: driving action. The only thing exactly. that
0: matters is, is what that drives action. Exactly. So it has to be outcome-centric. So we try to connect that sort of missing piece in the puzzle saying, these were the outcomes that you were targeting to achieve, and this is the usage data. And then you marry the two to give you that, OK, from these five outcomes you were trying to achieve, these two outcomes you have consumed or realized the value from the usage data. Right? So
2: that is where we're doing a lot of automation okay. and investing a lot of you know, resources. Mm. Mm, love that i love the fact that you know you're trying to elaborate it on a very on a core level to make sure uh, that people understand uh, this and and everything just like you mentioned right from the pre-sales to even expansion you can drive that customer the only thing is how you're evolving with the goals that they shared on day one they may change over time that's why you're using these product uh, analytics and all of these uh, events that people track to make sure the customer is still on the same road, and you're you're working as partners if something changes, if they have some different goals, you just get them on the call or maybe make sure uh, you, you get the information and put it to the right team. maybe it can be a feature request it can be any feedback on on, on the product so that's that's where uh, you guys uh, you know you come into play you know setting those uh, you know parameters to make sure you're you're absolutely working alongside the customer journey now let's talk a little bit about the commercial side of your business. Now it's been just a few months over three years and you're sitting at SEED and uh, we're not sure like how much you raise. That's not the question. The question is how you're trying to, uh, how you're working towards the growth of this as a business from business standpoint uh, towards evaluation. And uh, if somebody asks you whether you guys are willing to raise funds, if yes, what kind of uh, options that you're thinking of? Like, those going to be angel investors? Those going to be accelerators? Those going to be uh, venture capitalist firms? Based on private equity, what kind of terms you can absolutely be open up uh, on this? And we have we have people listening to this that you know that you guys can um, definitely take help from, and you guys can engage. We have a very close community that we are working on, and that will be live in a few weeks too. So now on the commercial side. So, so, yeah, so
0: far, uh, we have raised two rounds of funding. We raised a pre-seed from Techstars the used with VC uh, back in summer of 2021. And after that, we have raised a seed round uh, winter of 2021 uh, from multiple VCs in APAC region and a bunch of angel investors who come from enterprise SaaS industry who have seen this problem in their own experience, have lived this pain for many years. And um, so, yeah, we were fortunate to have some very... Uh repeated enterprise SaaS leaders come on board as our uh angel investors. So, right now we are focusing on building our business, getting to the sort of targets we had set for ourselves for this year. So we'll probably evaluate our next fundraise in the second half of this year. So we have
2: kept options open, but we're right now focusing on building the business. Wonderful. Great. Okay. So do you have any on the product side? Uh, when you talk about technology, do you have any major updates, major breakthroughs like that here too? So GPT four uh, is also here just a few days back. So I'm not, regardless of all the technology evol- uh, evolution, alongside like Salesforce, HubSpot, all these folks doing a lot. Uh, Grammarly they had their own platform. So if not relevant to this, do you have any major breakthroughs that you are looking forward to this year? Um,
0: yeah, obviously we have got a lot of roadmap items that we have sort of put in our plan uh, that we got from our existing customers, uh, some of the new prospects we have been talking to, and then we kind of look at internally and then uh, based on our vision and existing customers and what the market is doing in terms of other tools in the space. And then we look at that and then we figure out the plan that we want to do. So we've got some big things uh, in the works uh, that will be announced uh, in the near future and later part of this year. So yeah, we are excited. And the great thing is the the category has evolved, right? As I mentioned two years back, customers were asking, not quite sure I need this onboarding tool to now we are getting inbound leads. So now we get a lot of inbound leads where customers know that they need a tool and it's more about, okay, tell me how are you better and then near the tool and so on. So obviously we need to keep our competitive advantage and differentiators. So Mm of things we have planned for this year. So it's going to be exciting year ahead for us.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I think, this is what we wanted to explore today with you. Paige. I really appreciate your time. I, I did see your uh, community that's very close-knit. So I, myself and Taylor, and we'll ask the team to join the community as well. We're always here to, you know, that's why we started gate Pocket. It's just, this is a support hub for startups. So that's why we're also doing our own community to help support uh, startups in any way we can with all the resources that we have. All the partners that we have and you know that's that's the purpose uh so i really appreciate you took the time and you've been very much uh you know genuine on 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 on, on explaining uh you know your product is learning and very heading it it. so one more time uh it was really nice meeting thank you so much
0: adil taylor it was a pleasure enjoyed the conversation yeah um look forward to speaking to you again in the near
2: future thank you so much have a beautiful Thank you. Have a good rest of your day, my brother. You too. Thank you. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how in, you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time, goodbye and have a good rest of your day.